What up? It's your boy Kenny B on the MIC, repping the 254 and the 903. And if you've been here before, you already know the vibes, you know the deal, you know the style. If you haven't, sit back, take a seat, don't sweat the technique. This is another fire episode of Faith Over Fear. I'd like to just thank you guys again for rocking with me, coming and supporting, man. All those that are sharing, thank y'all so much. It's um, five episodes up now with some incredible people. Brother Xavier Harris with his testimony. Miss Brianna Coleman, Be Love, with her testimony as well. Brother Nick McGrew, who is dropping some knowledge about mental health and, and just wellness altogether. And Miss Savion Johnson, who is the newest episode up, who is an incredible, incredible person. And she has her uh, savvy sweet treats in her own business and doing her thing as well. So support these people. Continue to share this and like this, and that way they can get more knowledge and, and uh, get more business going that way. And speaking of incredible people, I have another incredible person here with me this week. Man, this man here, the only way I can describe him is to say that he's real. He's a real, real down-to-earth person. Um, though he is the proud pastor of the Mamoriah Baptist Church in San Flat here in at the, in San Flat, Texas. But he's here in Athens, Texas, and he's sitting across from me right now, Mister Ernest Freeman. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Oh man, good to be. It's good to be uh, recognized like that. I wouldn't give myself all the accolades. Say, so. man, say, <laughs> man. You, uh, what I said was real. You know, my uh, pops being a pastor, been in church my whole life. It can kind of almost feel like a disconnect between. Yeah. The pulpit and, and, and people in general. But one thing I can say about you is you've always been real. And I knew once I reached out to you, you would be willing to sit down and have the conversation that I wanted to have. Okay. So, again, I just thank you for coming and being a part, man. Um, I always start with an icebreaker. Start with an icebreaker. And the best way to start this, man, we got to talk about your Steelers, man. And my Cowboys, what's what's going on with, with both of our franchises right now? Well, when you uh, win 11 in a row and then go one and, <laughs> one and five over your last six, man, it's, it's like you know there's some pieces of the puzzle that need to get fixed for the Steelers. But the Cowboys... Hey, man, is, we ain't win 11 is, in a row, so I ain't got no way I don't to talk. Know, I don't know if it's the... Uh, to me... It, your owner, it's like an Al Davis. He won't let he won't let things just roll. He you hire people to do a job, let them do their job. Right, and, right. And so, but I think what what makes the Steelers a staple is people get used to winning. So used to winning is that they expect the Super Bowl every year. Oh and man! And so when you go, you know, you end up end up twelve twelve and four, eleven right. and five, and they're still expecting, but. We didn't have the defense is solid, but you know, right, right. We'll see what happens this year. See, what and happens. we get a little running game going, and it takes some of the heat off the uh, quarterback. Get back to regular Steelers football. Run the ball, run the ball, and play run some the defense, ball and bro. Play D. That's that's y'all that's y'all staple. <laughs> that's that's the really staple. y'all staple. Then we got man. away from it when we started going with with uh, A B and we we the killer bees and everything like that. We, right. we started throwing the ball too much. So absolutely, yeah. it's, it's almost like the the Lakers in a sense. You know, the Lakers won so much, you almost expecting them to do it every single year. Every you know year. what I'm saying? And when you don't, you come up short. It's almost feel like a disappointment. But yeah. uh, we we're gonna pray about my Cowboys though. We're gonna get this thing figured well, I, out. Man. I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I I hope the quarterback comes back and has has the year that he. That he was on track to have, cause they, I mean, he was he was 
uh, putting up some numbers. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said before, you are a pastor, so that's why I want to get started as far as the conversation. How did you get your start in the ministry, and and where did it? Where did that that love and and that passion come from as far as the word of God? Well, the the passion came. I mean, once I got out of high school and got on my own, because I I was raised in a church, so I would I would walk to walk to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple of blocks from my house. I was raised in Colleen. My dad, you know, being a military brat, army brat, and so I I walked to school. I walked to Sunday school. Got got that got that word in me at an early age. And then, like so many, once you get out of high school, I, I started working. When I started working at the prison system, it kind of, you know, I was tasked with taking the the inmates to, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was a Friday night service, but it was for Muslim. Mm. It was the Muslim service. And so mm-hmm. I was going in. You start listening to that. It's about the time that, uh, like we're in now, where we're trying to lean and trying to get black people to understand that you can be proud mm-hmm. of where you came from and, and those things. And so you had uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing and Malcolm X and all this, all this stuff was coming, all this stuff was coming out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so uh, I started leaning towards the uh, Islam. Mm-hmm. And so I got tangled up into that. And then uh, Pastor Dennis moved to town, and he was the new pastor of uh, of Mount Calvary, and uh, and so he saw as my my brother, my family, everybody was praying for me to uh, come back and uh, give it to God, the you know true God to me, because there's no other way but Jesus. Mm. And so, but there's a saying I got into reading the Quran and it just it I've always uh been a learner so mm-hmm. I'm going I'm going to learn about stuff and so I just got into reading that and and started started thinking about the things about it and you know cuz sometimes even now people say well uh we didn't get introduced to Christianity until we got over here as slaves and that's a lie mm-hmm. all you got to do is read back into the New Testament or the Bible when when Philip chased the Ethiopian right. eunuch down. And so that got over into Ethiopia. And so I'm a historian. So when you start researching, you're doing research, the oldest Christian churches are in Ethiopia. So we had Christianity well before they brought us over here as slaves. So, and, and so Pastor Dennis, uh, he got me cause, uh, I like to work on things and his car was always seemed to be broke down. Always. And always, <laughs> always seemed to be breaking. So he, he would call me over and all the time he was witness to me. We played dominoes and things like that. And I got into, uh, back into the church. And then in 93, I gave my life back to the Lord. Mm. And when Pastor Ashford, one of our old old buddies, right, uh, was right. doing a revival, I gave myself to the Lord. And and it's been up since then. So that was 93 and 2000. I accepted my call to the ministry. And then from, from then on, I've, I've just been, I, I just think that there's a freedom in Christ that you really can't understand and I've always been a lover of music and so and that's one of the other things that that really brought me because my brother and my sister sung in the choir the youth choir at uh Pastor McMullis Church in Coppers Cove mm-hmm. uh Bible Way they sung in the choir and it's just music just brought me in and just just my 
uh, I guess, uh, appetite to, to learn more has, has just, just keeps me growing in the Lord. So still growing to this day, I, I'll never know everything. You're right, and, you're right. I, and I know that I'll never be perfect. And there, there's some, you know, you got some people who, who will take you once you cross over and give your hand to the Lord that you got to do it, do it a certain way. But God gave us all each a personality. He didn't make us robots. So right. we come in and you worship God your own way. And I've always been one with the, that's another one that came out the Kirk Franklin's, the John P. Key, mm. the, um, uh, Fred Hammond and, right. you know, commission all them when they, when they were doing their thing and they were, they were changing up rant, even Rance Allen, mm. they changed up, they changed up gospel for us. And, and that, that's what just made me just stick with it and want to keep doing the best thing I can for the Lord. You know, still, you still going to have obstacles. You still going to have those things, but, you don't have to live the life, guys. People on the street to tell you, uh, this is what a Christian is supposed to do. This is what a Christian is supposed. To, this is what a pastor is supposed to do. But as long as you are following that, that still small voice in you, that Holy Spirit that's sealed on the inside, mm -hmm. you you keep walking with the Lord according to the way He's leading and guiding you. Absolutely, so. absolutely. You said two important things there. You said that you've always been a learner. You've always been a learner. I feel like. Soaking up knowledge is so important, man. It's so important. And you talked about how Reverend Dennis was somebody who you could feel comfortable around. You just come in and you just, it's almost like a, it's a friendship before it's a pastorship. Yes. We can sit there and play dominoes and we can talk about the love of the Lord and we can yeah. do all that at the same time. Or we can go to a Rangers game. Come on. We can on. go to a Mavericks game. We can go to the to the Friday night football games and we can scream and holler like everybody else. We just, we just not, we just... We just doing it different. It, I mean, you you taking some of the cussing out, and some people. I'm just saying, there there's people that say once you once you break it, cause I go back to this Kirk Franklin thing a couple of months ago, and now all of a sudden, of all the things that Kirk Franklin did, all the things that he that he learned, you're gonna crush him for one 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 mistake. And so as Christians, we know that we gonna have hurdles and things right. like that, and we know that that's just a hurdle. That that's right. one that when when Somebody who's followed the Lord as strongly as Kirk Franklin has a moment like that, you know that he's been fighting that battle for a long time. Come on now. The thing about that situation was, and like you said, all the souls that that man has brought. Come on. That, that wouldn't have never even thought about anything about coming to the church or anything, but his music was the draw. It was the draw. It was the draw. You cannot throw all of that away over an incident that wasn't even supposed to be out to the public. It's yeah. just something that got recorded and put out publicly. And we all live a, a life outside our doors that we don't live inside our doors. Yeah. It's a separate situation. And like, I was one of the people that was like, really? Are we really finna forget we put, him on blast. put him on blast and cancel this man after all he's yeah. done for our, for the, our community, man? Yeah. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. I, uh, I love that you said that, man. That man has brought so many souls. Fred Hammond, John P. Key. There's a some music can draw you, but once you get in, now I get the word of God too, yeah. and now we I'm on the right track. Spirit and in truth. Come on, the, now. the music will bring the spirit of the Lord in, and then when you preach it, you're preaching the truth. Oh and my And so that's where goodness. I that's where I am with that. So absolutely, absolutely, man, and. Another thing about your ministry, and I've heard you preach several times, you do 
sometimes a visual. You can you brought stuff out and you would show us what you were talking about as long as, as well as speaking it, but showing us visually how this can work. I've always thought that was interesting, and it kept us as kids because I've been knowing you since I was yeah. a teenager. It kept us hooked in because it was like, okay, now I can not only are you telling me, but I can also see it visually yeah. and how this can work. And I always um, a credit to you that to, for that. And uh, I've never said thank you, but thank you for bringing that aspect to your yeah, message, cause, man. Because one of the ones that that always comes back to me. One of the, the sermons that, that I'll keep in my back pocket is is one where everything is not quite like it seems. You know, mm-hmm. you as Christians, they charge us with, we got a suit on and everything looks good on the outside. But mm-hmm. there's battles that we're fighting on the inside. And I think because my, my wife got on me about cutting up a $40 shirt, I cut up a shirt mm-hmm. and and had holes in it. And labeled a criticism, hatred, mm. prejudice, and so and I had put a sharpie on it, so I took off my uh, jacket during mm. the sermon and showed that underneath I'm just as beat up as somebody in the world, but Come because on. of Christ, Come I can on. He covers me and He allows me to to walk this thing out in spite of all the mm. things that that people are doing to me. Come on, man, we just like everybody else. Yeah. We just like everybody else. But we have a covering. But we got a covering. I, I mentioned this in a in an episode before, and I'm mentioning it again because you brought up Kurt Franklin. I remember watching an interview that he did, and he said, "Sometimes as Christian, we show our we show our salvation, but we don't show our scars. Yeah, we don't show our scars to say, hey, 'Hey, I'm just like you. Yeah, I, I, ain't no difference in me and you. Yeah.'" I'm just covered by God's grace, and I'm trying to live this day by day just like you yeah. are, man. Ain't no difference in it, and I feel like the church has to show that. Yeah, that's some scars. They're, they're, they're scarred. People, everybody in there scarred up. Come on, man. But, but, but when you walk down the aisle, and, and, but we don't want the, the pastor walking down our street. Don't, don't preach on this one. That's my scar. That's my I don't scar. want people to show. I don't want to see my scar. And that, that brought up one of my, one of my uh, pastors in... Uh, in Ennis, when I was youth pastor in Ennis at Rock Bible, mm-hmm. he preached the Lion King, and I was look, and he used every character in there to show that, and and a, a villain in the in the name in the movie Lion King was Scar, was Scar. and it's showing a scar. Every family got has one. a scar, got and one. so and then and then every family got their hecklers, the hyenas out come. there. <laughs> Having all the things, so this, this this that movie you break that movie down and you see how how life is, how Ooh. we living it. I'm saying he broke it down, and and every time I see that movie, I and and show kids. You see, we looking at it from the cartoon side, right? But right. but when you look at it and you put it put it in a spiritual realm and you look at it from the gospel aspect, you see that that movie showed us that that that. uh uh, Simba was the particle son. He got away. Mm. Then he came back, mm. and then he just took over. In, in spite of the scars. Woo! Even even the monkey Rafiki. Rafiki. Come on! If you look at that, <laughs> Simba had to go to him. Yeah. He had to go to him to get that wisdom. Yeah. We can work together in this thing. Yeah. I help you, you help me, and that's it all it. works together in the end. Bro, I'm that's mind blowing. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm saying, I you, never now, thought of it that this. way. Yeah. yeah Akuma Top. Look, it means no worries. I, Come on. No. 
Okay, okay. Look, that's a brand new way of thinking about that whole movie. But yep. you are absolutely yep. right, Every man. You are absolutely right. Everyone got a score. We got all these ones that got something to say on the sideline. You got the Dodo Bird who who's trusted and always there. You got all these aspects, man, in yep. life. And that's a beautiful, beautiful way of looking at that, yep. man. Beautiful way of looking at that. I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um... We all see what's going on in this country, and that's been going on for a while now. Um, and the church has always had a foot Come on. in social justice as, as far as, you know, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Jesse Jackson, uh, Al Sharpton. Either way, the social justice movement and the church has always gone hand in hand. Where do you feel like the church's place is? Is it still hand in hand now? Does it still need to be that way? Is I I think it still needs to be that way because it is a staple of the black community. It's a staple of our upbringing. The church needs to be that way, but there are few who will stand out because now you have the the uh, ministers and pastors now who would rather keep the funds coming in mm. or, or risk not being on the spotlight because like I said, we all have scars. So as soon as you start speaking out and as soon as you stand up for something that is right and the other, the opposite knows that it's right. Right. Then we start digging because mm -hmm. that's the, we start digging into your past mm -hmm. and try to bring it up to bring you down to make sure that you, what you're saying is made irrelevant because of who's saying it. Right. And so when I start, you start thinking about, uh, What's the pastor in Dallas of Friendship? Mm -hmm. uh, when when he starts speaking out, all of a sudden here come people with allegations against him when he's got the big Black Lives Matter sign on the side of his church right on 635, right on I-20. Every day. time you pass that, you're going you gonna to see you're it. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Then you got Jamal Bryant. Uh, uh, who's who's leading these things? And soon as soon as they, they try to bring up accusations to make sure he gets knocked down a notch, but they they keep walking in it, and so you're gonna get you're gonna get criticized and persecuted for uh, speaking up for the right thing because now in our time we're looking at times that Jesus said we're gonna come. The right will look wrong, and the wrong mm. is going to look right. We, have, we we fighting against each other, and, and that's what I see. So the church has a very important role to play because you're not going to... Why? Because I, as a historian, and I, I my uh, cousin in Detroit and I speak all the time mm. about about black history, the things that come, the lynching. There, there's a, there's a uh, documentary out about you know slavery in the 60s but but it's called Jim Crow so right. you will get you know you you get get caught up and there's book out called a million dollar slave it's talking about how we used to run baseball mm -hmm. now everybody is coming wants to want the 40 million dollar slave we want to play football and basketball when all the money is in baseball mm -hmm. you see the 250 million dollar contract for average players for average players average playing players, in baseball man. when we can go run that but now it's is we don't even want to play baseball and 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 so it and it's crazy but we talk about 
you look at the Tulsa race riot. They call it a race riot when actually it was a massacre. It was a massacre. And, and so we just now learned the black, about Black Wall Street. But uh, uh, any time that a black director tries to put something out about it, we they it gets downplayed. And and so like Rosewood, that was a wonderful movie, mm-hmm. and and we we really need to grasp it. All that happened at the same time, from 1917 all the way to 1921. They were burning down black communities that were affluent because they you, they don't they didn't want us to to get what the American dream is, and you mm-hmm. wonder why we we've been stifled by it. They always tell us to you know get it by your own bootstraps, but when we do when that, when you get it. And then we still end up paying the ultimate price because y'all don't want it's it's like they don't want to see us succeed or, or or have wealth or have they want to keep us in the same same spot and keep us stagnant. You one know what of I'm the saying? greatest lines of all time in one of those movies in Rosewood, the movie is when he was outside playing his piano on his porch and there were some white guys across the track just looking at him. Mm. And one of the white guys said, "That Negro got a piano." Mm. I ain't even got a piano. You know right. what I'm saying? Come like on, Like how man. you got one? And yeah, I ain't how got you one. got one and I don't have one. Man. And I still, I still face that today. In, in my thing, I'm ch- I'm, I'm almost at the point where I have my dissertation finished, where I have my EDD. So I'll be a doctor in education. Come on, and now. so I'm sitting in, and people are wondering, oh, why you? How you driving that? What you got that? And all that. Well, one of the greatest advice that my mother gave me when when I was coming up, when you buy your house, buy it 15 years instead of 30. So my house been paid off for for many many Ooh. years because I paid it off in 15 years, Come on, not man. on a 30 year mortgage, and then. I tell all the time because it gets old when you come to me and ask me how I got this and how I got that. When I buy this, but you can go buy your horse trailer. Right. I buy this, but you can go buy your fishing boat. And so we spend mm-hmm. our money on different things. And so right. and so I, I mean, when they when they look at us and they see that we're making it, they're trying to figure out everybody is not on the street corner selling drugs. We work, too. Right. And so I'm saying we we have we have educated black people too, and right. so we're not we're just not out there just doing everything. It's just wrong that we're doing. We got it shady and our dealings to get it. We some we work hard, and so yeah, pulling up by bootstraps and and it, it's it's hard that we have to continue to watch over our shoulder because there's somebody that's always trying to bring us down. Always trying to bring us down, man. We're we're we are creative people and we're all not we're not monolithic you know what i'm saying yeah. we're all not the same we are we all don't come up the same way but the thing is we have people that work hard and want this they yes. get their own way and we shouldn't be penalized for that man yeah we shouldn't be penalized that or looked at a certain way because you're trying to figure out how we got what we got or what yeah. we got how we did what we did we get it our own way, and we work hard and get us get it our way too, man. And I uh, definitely want to applaud you for everything that you're doing. I love that you brought up baseball. Ever since I've known you, you've been a baseball fan, and Come you on. brought this up before. As it's far as like the crazy to me because why is Ken Griffey the last one? And and even when I watched the Little League World Series when he was playing, most of the kids who were not. Kids of color were saying Ken Griffey is my favorite, favorite player. player. And he has the, and when you ask a baseball fan who had the greatest swing of all time, who they going to bring? It's Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey. And so it, it wasn't all about hitting home runs. I'd rather have somebody get on base 
right. to get in scoring position and, and so get hits. Right. And so and now the baseball has transitioned to where everybody wants to hit a home run. But if I had a team where everybody was getting on base, guess what? We winning at we the end winning. of the day. We winning at the end of the day. We everybody winning at the ain't got to clear, clear the bases. So I have a a somebody hits on base. But I've been I've been a, a satchel page. I, I've mm. uh, studied the history of the Negro leagues and no things like that. And so there's there, it's just so much that movie forty two mm. that our man did. Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick. yeah, so important. That's historical. People need to watch that. When that man came out of the tunnel, and that 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 scene where yeah. he's in the tunnel and he comes yeah, out, and he went, man, that's it right there. What he had to go through to get to that point, and maybe he wasn't the best player in it. There were other black, but he was the best one for that for, for that, that time. time. He was the and perfect so he was one. The for one that time. He was the perfect one to do it. And yeah. so, and so it, it's crazy, man. When he walked in the dugout and let all that frustration and aggression out, man, and yes. he was like, "Yo, I'm going through a lot, but I gotta go back out here. Yeah, I gotta go." And he, when you are going through things like that, I'm sure it's times where you like, you know what? I don't even want to do this anymore. Yeah. He was good in the he was good in the Negro leagues. Yeah, he was fine. He was one of the best players in the Negro yeah. league. So for him to step into a situation into a whole different world yeah. that wasn't so accepting, and to uh, push forward and keep keep the door open for people behind him, the yeah. Hank Aaron's and the Willie Mays yeah. and everybody else. Yeah, he was a trendsetter and and he he was a groundbreaking situation that happened man and and we got to be so thankful for people like that who yeah. continue that walk yeah. every single day even when they're being pulled back and being pulled down that's what i'm saying where 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 are we now what are we doing how we how we stand up are we going along to get along i mean sometimes we have to there's situations where we're gonna have to to stand and got i know to. when i was when i was uh Taking my when I started back in school, there were many times where I was the only student of color mm. in the class, and so my thing was I gotta got to represent for my people. Got that to. I'm about to be either the first one through three in the top of this class right. in here because I know y'all already thinking I'm gonna fail, right. and so I'm going in with with from the standpoint, and that's and that's pre, and that's added pressure for us. Yes, absolutely, and, and but. Well, I'm saying because the the stereotype is that we are not smart. Right. And then when you start going, when you start breaking down history, you'll find out that we've invented so many things so that many have things. made life easier that other people have taken the credit for. Not just in America, around the world. Around the world. Around the world, man. That That's such a deep conversation to get into because it's... <laughs> It's so much like even if you look back at the, at the slaves, we had we had doctors and and everything else that was going on, yeah. you know, back then. And and there are doctors and things in in uh, Africa now. And we just have to know our history, yeah. and know what's going on. Uh, I want to veer just a little bit with you being a pastor and your wife being city councilwoman. Just got that. Uh, just got that. Nah, just got done winning that election. The importance of role models to our children, to our kids, and, and, and for them to see you and, and her walking in this walk and so showing them, hey, you can do this the right way, the education way, and we can do this this way. And also other ways, maybe they're creative in music or, or, or sports or whatever, always having those role yes, models sir. and that one person to say, you know what, keep doing what you're doing. 
it like seriously, all it took is one person believing in me for me to look. I gotta cut this yeah. podcast thing on, man. Yeah. I gotta get it going. Stress the importance of that. The the having those role models. Man. It's a, it's important because what I just said. Sometimes you're gonna be the only one. Mm. Sometimes your nieces, your nephews, your little cousins, your little brothers, your little sisters are gonna see you. As the only one. Yeah. Seeing it on TV is one thing, but seeing it, seeing it in real life, seeing you uh, overcome obstacles, guys, there's times when you go to work, there's times when you go to school, there's times when you go into situations that you're going to have to keep your cool because you got somebody looking up to you and watching you to see how you going to overcome some things and, and allow them to to grasp onto that, that sometimes you got you got to, you know, have your appetite is for being greater. Mm-hmm. Your appetite is for getting the blessings that God has for you. And so sometimes you can't step outside and mess up your ministry and, and, and to mess up your walk and to mess up your mentorship of somebody. You know, you bring somebody along because because you you've seen that. Uh, I went through this struggle. You don't have to go through this, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, to make it, I can tell you that I would do it a different way, and and instead of uh, going down the path normally, having somebody just bump, bump, bump. So, mm-hmm. and, and we there, there's just things that as being a role model for for uh, the younger generation, there there's gonna be times when they don't see. Somebody that looks like them. That's why when you look at corporate America, now everybody's talking about diversity and inclusion. Now. is because, yeah, it's because now you have your workforce is is one color, mm-hmm. but you don't have anybody in leadership Come representing on. that color. That, that and, so, color. and so now when once you get somebody in there. We have to we have to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And like I said, if there's pressure or added pressure on on the on a black person, there's added pers- pressure on a person of color because now it you know corporate America has been so controlled by by white males mm. that when you start interjecting people of color, there's going to be resistance to it. going to be resistance to it. The thing is, and I'm a, you know, we both sports fans. Stephen A said it in two things. He was like, first of all, the NBA has way too many black players to not have as many black coaches. And how does Steve Nash get that job? Look, how you get that you get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and how James. How you get that job? How you get that how, job? How come you can't start with a bottom grade team? Come on, man. Uh, how come you can't start with somebody who finished 12th? And, yeah, and it's, and it's not even a slight against Steve Nash. It's the simple fact that you get this job off bat, man. Yeah. Off the bat. Your first the- your first job makes it look like you're the greatest coach of all time. Sir, come on now. And and like even and something else he said when you was talking about when when white people go to work, they go to work and it's a job. Yeah. When we go to work, it's a responsibility. Yes. Right? It's a responsibility. And we have to put on our best put our best foot forward at all time because we're not only representing ourselves, we represent our whole we got a family at community. Home. And 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 when you look at well, most of when the the wage difference, mm. uh a white family, the man's able to go out, or sometimes if if the wife is 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 making the most money she's able to go out, but one of them is able to stay home with their children. And that don't even and a black happen. family, 
It's either we are single, a single parent family, or both of the parents both are working. going to work. But what happens at the school system, they schedule the meetings at 8 in the morning. And you can't take off of your job. They schedule the meetings in the morning with the teacher and all that. Mm. So you can't take off your job. I'm just saying, the, it's on, the system, there's stuff we don't even recognize that they're doing to, to make sure that your child is not succeeding. Ooh. Is they putting the meetings in the morning when they know if you, you got to take off work and see that. So, and maybe they don't even realize don't it even sometimes. Realize it. But, but as, as a black uh, family, you got both both parents working it's hard for you to take off your job get to and and to get to be able to do what's best for your child come on and and they wonder why you can't take our work why you can't be on the pta why you can't why you can't be at some of these parties that your child is having at school is because both of us have to work because you're not paying us the equivalent Mm. of what somebody else is is making there's no way and and even on my job right now i have my master's and so, and I'm a few hours away from my doctorate, mm. it, it, you know, a few, you know, uh, committees away right. from getting it, getting my doctorate published and uh, getting my dissertation published. And the, the thing is, don't come ask me how uh, I'm getting, what I'm getting paid and if I'm getting paid more than you, because I should be mm. just like, just like when, when Obama was running. How you gonna take somebody like Sarah Palin, who uh, barely finished school, and try to compare to somebody who went to Harvard? Come on, and man. see we'll we'll try to tear we'll try to tear him down because and and he one of the smartest person that ever had was in the office. Come on now, we got to work twice as hard to get half as far, man. Yeah, twice as hard to get half as far. That's a loaded conversation yeah man. that's a loaded conversation and so that and, and going back to your original question on on this topic that that's why it's important for us to be role models they, they're wondering why we we cheered so hard why we we uh were so we applauded the fact that we had an african-american president that's the reason that's it's it. because there's still first going on Mm. Oh, this is the first black person that did this. This is the first black person that did this. This is the first black. There's there's still so many of those things going on, and and you're wondering why we we get uh you know happy or and applaud and feel proud moment mm. is because we we know that we could have been doing it if you were if we were given a chance. <laughs> Look, t- Tiana Taylor just won sexiest woman for a magazine, and they were like first black. And she's the first black woman to ever do it. And she just asked, what took y'all so long to get her? Come on. What took y'all so long to get her, man? It, it's The magazine's been published since the early 1900s. And it's the same it. same thing with, what is it, Vogue? Right. Like yeah. Rihanna on that? Or, or something Rih- like that. Rihanna was on one. It was a, uh, a English UK paper right. uh, magazine that she got on. And there were people mad that, oh, you got a black woman on the cover. So I'm saying... Ra- racism is worldwide. It's worldwide. Worldwide. It's worldwide. And, and Oprah found that out. That's a whole nother situation, bro. It, like, people think this is just going on in America. This is going on worldwide. everywhere. Everywhere. Worldwide. We are so, so held back uh, from so many different things and so many, and, and so many different levels from the job market, from the educational system, from housing. From every every situation, they then they bring up black on black crime. You know, they always throw that up. They try to beat us up from from the get go, cause just like in hip hop, 
Mm-hmm. We start you all oh, hip hop when when they started the line, you know, when you're rhyming and we know what they're talking about. It's like it's like Jesus when he's talking uh, in parables to his disciples. It's for you. Right. But it, and you're going to understand it. But they but gonna he's have talking to, to yeah, somebody. Else. Yeah. But yeah. you ain't going to be they ain't going to be able to understand it. And so and that's how hip hop was when, when it came out to us is that that it allowed us to understand what's really going on in the world. And around us because they were they were putting these uh, lyrics to to uh, actual events. Mm. And so and and so when I started looking back on those things like that, I see that when we we say 24 mm. seven back in the day, they were like, what you talking about now? Every store Walmart's open 24 seven. 365, you know, <laughs> it, it, all that's black. You know, they want to deny our culture, but we have so much influence on, in the, what's co- going on, on the culture, but, but you want to deny it. The 24-7, 365 came from the black man. You know, all you start thinking about all the slang that they, that they use, that, that's being used now. And, and, uh, before they were, they were calling the bonnets. It wasn't, it wasn't something that we, that they were too proud to use. They were too proud to use it. Now, Every 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 time you turn on the uh, TV. TV is is something that was yeah, some rapper, you had to go to the Urban Dictionary. Somebody, somebody, look, man, like, and I'm glad that you brought up hip hop because that's where we're going next. We got to talk about some things, man. <laughs> but anyway, but like even with Cube and and when he was with NWA and they yeah. asked him, you know, about his lyrics and their music, he was he just straight up and told them our art is a reflection of, of our reality. Yeah, what you see when you go outside your door. Yeah. This is what we rapping about, and this is what they were seeing, yeah. and they were just bold enough to say, "Hey, this is what's going on in the hood, man." Yeah. George Floyd shouldn't have had to happen for y'all to know. Oh, this is actually happening. We've been saying this for years. For years. For Marvin sang about it. They started rapping about it, and it's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Now we do got to get into this hip hop. We're gonna end it on a on a on a fun topic. We got to talk about some things, man. You got Pac over Biggie. And I'm looking at you sideways right now, man. You got Pac over Biggie. I the reason I got I have Pac over Biggie is because Biggie did a whole bunch of rhyming over. He went back to De La Soul type yeah. of type of things. Biggie did. He got a lot of uh, where he's singing over old music, and mm-hmm. people people in your generation think uh, that that that's Biggie's beat, but the song Juicy. Come yeah. on, man! One Absolutely. of his biggest, one of his biggest hits right. was sung over an old R and B track. And so I'm, I'm just saying, when when you went pop, when he went to Doc, them were he's singing over original stuff. Right. Come even, on, man. Even uh, in between the sheets is a that's a that's a sample. Biggie it's went on a sample. That sample. One they, they, I'm just saying they did a lot of sampling, and even you know, and but. To me, I would put Paco, but to me, the greatest lyricist of all time is probably somebody that you would, but the rappers would know him. Is Absolutely. Rakim. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's before my one time. One of the but greatest, exactly but the one, the, one of the coldest lines of all time Look, where, is, is what he had when, when he said, it's been a long time. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, have left, left you. you. Without, Without a dope round step two. Come on now. Huh? Hey, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Like, Rakim. Yeah, um, Rakim. I got Let me key up Rakim. Look, got some Rakim. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. 
when you start looking, nigga. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a strong rhyme to step to. Think of how many weeks shows I slept through. Time's up. I'm sorry I left you. Come on now. <laughs> the lines of the microphone solo with Come on, man. Yes, sir. Pump up the volume, and man. And he the one, he changed. I'm thinking when you look at that, and I look at one of the interviews that he did, he said he was listening to Miles Davis and how the trumpet, you know, went mm-hmm. up and down. And he said, why do we have to go rhyme uh, like like uh, Curtis Blow and LL did back then when everything was was uh, a set tempo. Mm-hmm. And he said, you just change up the tempo and put up extra 16th note or 32nd note into it and you change it up where you sound like saxophones right. and, and trumpets while, while you're doing it. So I, I look at I look at that, but I looked at some of the documentaries they had of, of Biggie too. Mm-hmm. And I know that's your boy. Yeah, and, and so, But I, I've seen, you know, some some the, the lyrics, I mean, he's there with it. But, yeah. but now we... I think, you know, there's some now that I, I listen to, but mm-hmm. I'll always go back to the, to, old school. to the old school. I understand that. I understand that completely, dude. Like, even with, I think, and he's getting inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't nobody talk about LL no more. Don't nobody L- talk L- about LL. One of those, the, one of those songs, man, LL had where he, he just said he was angry when he did the song. Mm-hmm. I even, I man, I even went into, I, cause we used to, uh, me and my friend. Now he's a sheriff down in Bell County, mm-hmm. but we used to, we used to have, we used to have our rap battles. We used to do rapping and, and stuff like that, and we used to go into the club and have a instrumental, and we sing over the instrumental, and we have our music. Mm-hmm. In there, and we used to try to make a tapes and, and slides. We had the eight oh eight beatbox, all that stuff, yeah. man. We we tried all that, and so like uh, LL had this song, uh, "I Need Love." Yeah, I made me a slow song, right, and, and stuff like that. And so I I used to I used to do it. So I used to DJ. So I, my love for music is crazy, and that's one of the things that you know try tying it to uh, Christianity. And hip, I'll always be a b boy. That's yeah. what we used to call. I that's always, what we used to, I that's always what used to be called. Hip hop was so it, it changed the game. Yeah, and it made so it like if you look at these millionaires, billionaires who are out here now, who yeah. if it wasn't for rap, they wouldn't have never got that opportunity to get into what they get into. Just, it's just now. like when somebody is, uh, they do their uh, tape, their film. For for college, mm-hmm. they do their you know they got they got a YouTube video where where they doing they showing their little skill set for football or their skill set for basketball. Everything they doing is in the background. You got some kind of uh, uh, hip hop, kind man. of hip hop playing in hip-hop. the background. Like even when they did the they did the Michael Jordan um, uh, set, the Last Dance. And they showed them going off on Larry Burning Up, and they had LL on Bad playing in the background. Yeah, that and he got that, like he said, man. One of one of the another line in that mm-hmm. he said, "When I enter the center, yo yo, they say yo yo, <laughs> there he go." Yeah, he said, "I'm bad." Other rappers know when I enter the center, they say yo yo, yo there, there he, he go. go. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> like, man, the dude, and and it's one, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, there, there's just uh lyrics in these songs that you that you just you just pull 
from them, and right. it, it just makes you like, man, this is this is same it. man. LL yeah. said you need a he give me an hour plus a pen and a pad. Yeah, give that's all I need. That's is all a pen I need and is a an hour. One man. of the one of the uh, best unknown LL songs, and I'm glad he's getting red cause That used to be my boy too, man. Right, right. And it is uh, my rhyme ain't done. You ain't never heard that one, have you? I think I have. Where it start off, the president woke and he called the pope. Come the on Pope now. climbed to heaven on a golden rope. Yeah. He asked the Lord to raise Michelangelo from the dead so he could make a fresh painting of my head. Yeah. Then I hung out with the king and the queen. The queen put me down with a polo team. The, you know what, yes, I'm saying? Sir. what I'm saying? And, 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 and so LL, he, he went down and he had, he went down and he said, then I took a trip to the center of the earth. I was kind of scared so Ela went first. They had these mm. crazy little girls that they called them skeezers. Mm. And so I'm saying, he just... The 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 rhyme the my rhyme ain't done. I mean the genius in it is because then he went into a comic book. Yeah. He said I took a trip into a deck of cards. Yeah. I mean and and so he he did that man. I I just LL and I'm like back then you know they when they had beef him and Curtis not Curtis but uh what is his name Kumo D Kumo D Kumo yeah. D and LL had beef and I'm like. Kumo D ain't even in the room. No, come no, on, man. Not with LL, man. No, 